Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuhu. Sufism is a path and the various Sufi groups are called tariqats, uh, ways, and there are a multitude of Sufi uh, tariqats, uh, some of them with historical lineages, some without, but they all have a teacher at the forefront of the group. And there are constantly people being sent into the world by Allah to teach. And you may ask, with all of the texts and all of the books and all of the writings, why do we need more teachers? Why can't we just read the texts, read the books, read the Quran, and learn what we need to know from that? And the answer is, that books alone are going to be a difficult way to find the truth. When I first met my teacher, Muhammad Rahim Bao Mohayuddin, and I'm talking within about two or three weeks, he told me, stop reading books. Don't even read my books. You have me now. And uh, it wasn't hard for me to take the instruction to stop reading books. Uh, but I didn't quite understand the full meaning of what he told me until years later. And what I finally came to realize is that you need a manifestation of these books. You need these books in living form. When Aisha, the wife of the Prophet, وسلم, was asked, can you describe the Prophet? She said, he's a walking Quran. So he was a manifestation of the book. In the same way, my teacher was a manifestation of the teachings. In other words, he was the culmination of what it is that you're supposed to learn. Now imagine the grace that comes from being with the manifestation of truth in form. And we are in form. So for us to be able to truly go on this path, we need two things. We need knowledge 
and we need to become that knowledge. That knowledge has to begin to manifest within us so that we are a manifestation of that knowledge. We are a manifestation of that truth. And to become a manifestation of that truth, Allah in his mercy provides for us people who have manifested. People who have been born into the truth. People who have been born into reality. People who have transcended the dunya, the world, and entered into reality. The world constantly talks about enlightenment, but the critics and the writers who talk about enlightenment have no idea what enlightenment is. The only people you're going to learn about enlightenment from are people who actually have reached that status, who have somehow transcended the ordinary and come out into truth. Uh, There was a movie years ago called Caddyshack. And in Caddyshack, there was a golfer. I'm sorry, a a caddy. And uh, he was one of the examples of talking about enlightenment, having no idea what they were talking about. And uh, he was talking to somebody about people he had caddied for. And he said one time he had caddied for the Dalai Lama. And he said the Dalai was a big hitter. We were up in the Himalayas. And uh, we played 18 holes. And at the end of 18 holes, I said, well, how about something for the caddy? You know, a tip. And he said, well, I'm not going to give you any money. But on your deathbed, you will reach enlightenment. So I got that going for me, too. (laughs) And this is how people approach enlightenment. Like, it's something that could happen, but they have no idea what it is or what it means. There's a reality to enlightenment. There's a reality to truth. There's a manifestation to enlightenment. There's a manifestation to reality. And the path is, the tarikat, is to bring you to that state, to manifest within you reality. In Arabic, the word for reality is haq. And haq is one of the names of Allah. So, reality is Allah. And in order to understand reality, you have to understand Allah. But, the only way to understand that is to become that. It's not an intellectual process. The intellect is not capable of understanding reality. The intellect can just talk about it. It's like a course in school. The professor says ABC, and then he says, what did I say? And you say, 
You said ABC. And he said, whoa, you did great. You really know what I taught you. But they can't test you on reality. You either are or you aren't. And if you've touched reality, if you've entered reality, to some people who are not familiar at all with reality, you look like anybody else. Uh, I remember different reactions uh, from when people saw Bao Mohayadeen. Um, some immediately recognized that there was something special here, and other people would say bizarre things and end up with, well, what is all the fuss about? Well, it's because they were incapable of seeing the truth. So we need to become capable of seeing the truth. And once we become capable of seeing the truth, then we have to become capable of becoming that truth that we see. And it's within that becoming that the path culminates in you as a manifestation of truth. This is about becoming. This is about reality stepping into our lives and us stepping into reality. So, why are there manifestations of truth in human form sent into the world? So that you can see it. So that you can interact with it. So that you can experience it and know what it looks like. One of the repeated phrases that came from my teacher was become like me. And what does that mean? Become like me. It means enter into the space that he's in. Act like he acts. Have the driving force that he has. Now in acting there's something they call the method. So an actor, when he plays a role, is supposed to understand what the influences are that make him the way that he is, the role. In other words, they try to understand the role through the history of the person and what were the elements that made him be the way he is. Well, we need to understand that about the teacher. What is it that makes him the way he is. First, we have to see the way he is. And we have to understand the way he is. What's different about him than other people? Once we can sort of quantify that, then we have to begin to understand what is it that makes him that way. Now, if we can see what the truth looks like, if we can see what the truth acts like, and then we can figure out what the driving forces 
internally are that create that space, then we have the opportunity to become that. So we need to watch, to understand, and then to begin to understand what is it that motivates that kind of behavior. What is it that creates that kind of behavior? What makes one be that way? And soon, it begins to unfurl, and the secrets become revealed to you. Now, these are open secrets. These are not secrets that are hidden, but they take insight on our part, in order to be able to see these secrets, in order to be able to understand these secrets. The secrets are not hidden purposefully. They're hidden because of our own ignorance. They're hidden because of our own inability to comprehend. And how does that inability to comprehend happen? a critical juncture. How does that inability to comprehend happen? It happens because of lots of reasons, but I'll try to illuminate a few of them. One of the reasons that it happens is arrogance. You already think you know, and where you've gotten to is a place of knowledge and a place of knowing. And it's somehow driven through you. And you are at an equal place with anybody else who's reached that state. This is holding on to egocentric illusion and, and believing that it's reality. Now, until we can let go of egocentric, arrogant illusion, we can't know. But what does that mean? It means that we have to give up our understanding of who we are and what we are capable of knowing. We have to begin to understand that truth does not lie within us. Truth lies within Allah. And when we begin to integrate into Allah and that part of us that is separate from him begins to dissipate and disappear, then the truth begins to happen in us. Because what used to be us isn't here anymore. It takes humility to do that. And it takes a release of arrogance to do that. And it takes understanding the majestic benevolence of Allah's qualities. And within that benevolence, is where 
reality lies. Within love is where reality lies. But as long as our image of ourself, our image that we have built up of who we are, is more important than knowing the truth of God, we are blind to the truth and will remain blind to the truth. You can't see what you don't want to understand. And why don't you want to understand it? Because you want to hold on to what you have. And you don't want to let it go. There's a fear of letting go of the egocentric self because we think we would disappear. That somehow our individual power would be lost. Well, (coughs) for starters, our power, whatever it may be, is granted to us. It's not like we have it. And secondly... The truth is, that power is contingent on Allah's will. So, why don't we just let go of all that make-believe power and begin to acknowledge Allah and Allah's will and understand the truth in Allah. And we have been given a roadmap to understanding that truth and how to become that truth. And part of that roadmap is the Asma Husna, the names of the qualities of God. God is without form and he's without image, but he is these qualities. Compassion can't be weighed and it can't be measured, but we all know of the tremendous strength that compassion has. Mercy, love, all of these things can't be weighed and measured. But when I sat with my teacher, I saw that he was a wellspring of mercy and a wellspring of compassion. And he was constantly in a state of giving these things out. Now, he talked about them. And he explained them, but more than that, he was them. So it wasn't the words alone that impacted me and so many others. It was the state of being that showed these qualities in manifestation. And that manifestation made it possible for us to see what mercy in action looked like, what compassion in action looked like, what unconditional love in action looked like. And now the question comes, how can we do that in ourselves? Well, some of the things that if you looked, you had to notice about the teacher was that the teacher was just. There was a justice to everything that he did. He didn't have favorites. He was just. And he didn't have anger. 
There was no anger in him. There was just understanding of how things have gone wrong for somebody and an attempt to try and rectify that. He said one time that many of his children were in such pain and in such difficulty that he couldn't do anything more for them than just to hold them close to him and give them time to heal. So when we see people who are outside of reality, who are caught in the traps of their existence, these are diseases that these people have in their hearts. These are diseases that we have in our hearts. And we must see the arrogance of individuality as a disease. We must see the arrogance of the egocentric self as a disease caught in the make-believe world of self-importance, caught in the make-believe world of self-power, caught within these things. When we go to bed at night, we realize the truth. We realize that if we can't fall asleep, we're in deep trouble. And what allows us to fall asleep? God's mercy. What wakes us up in the morning? God's mercy. <clears throat> and without this mercy, without these things that are totally outside of our control, where are we and who are we? So, if we begin to analyze our own existence, and we have to do that in order to truly be on this path, we have to begin to understand that all our power within this life is derivative from Allah. And then we have to make the decisions that the things that we do are within the framework of what Allah allows within the framework of what's permissible. And once we can act within the framework of what's permissible, we can begin to understand the qualities that allow permissible behavior. And then we have to go beyond permissible behavior into divine behavior. Divine behavior is a step above what's permissible. Permissible says, don't hurt him. Divine says, help him. There's a big difference between just don't hurt him and help him. Now, it's good that you don't hurt him. And if we had more don't hurt him within the consciousness of the world the world would be a much more peaceful place. But when we have help him get into the consciousness, then things begin to go to another level. That's the level where saints live. That's the level where people have given up 
their own egocentric need for fame and power and wealth and all of the things that people believe the world can supply and are looking for the rewards that come from Allah. And what are those rewards? What are the treasures that come from Allah? Allah has a name, many names. And each one of these names is one of these qualities. So one of Allah's names is Rahman, one is Rahim, mercy and compassion. If you enter into Allah's sphere, you begin to absorb his mercy and compassion. Now, the interesting thing about that is you can't hold on to it. It doesn't work like that. The only way it's allowed to come to you is if it goes through you. So it comes to you because you are willing to let it go through you. So as mercy comes into you, it comes out of you. And it is given to others to help others. This state of losing the self and finding Allah's qualities is the road to the truth, the road to reality, the road to enlightenment. And it's only this way. It isn't a seat of power. It's a seat that allows Allah's power to be in control. So, as my teacher would say, when I am here, God is not. And when God is here, I am not. And we have to understand that. And we have to become willing to give up our imagined seat, our imagined seat of power, and then the truth can come through us, and the truth can be known, not just by ourselves, but those within our purview, within our range, within our community, within the ones we know who are capable of seeing the truth. Now, of course, the ones who aren't capable of seeing the truth will deny you and denigrate you and call you names. But the ones who can see the truth will try and join the way you are. And that's what Bawa asked of us. Join the way I am. And in joining the way I am, you will join the truth. You will join reality. You will join the ones who have escaped from the illusion of the world. That's the tarikat. That's the purpose of the path. To escape from all of the difficulties and the turbulence and the chaos and the hurricanes and volcanoes of existence into the light of Allah. Light isn't affected 
by what goes on in the world. Light is beyond that. To understand that there is an underlying substrata to this existence that's formless and that this existence is the form that emanates from that substrata is a difficult concept to understand. But we need to understand that beneath what we see is God. Beneath what we see is God's power and God's Rahmat and God's Kudarat and all of the qualities that are Allah. And either we join with that substrata or we fight it and we try to stop it from coming forth. If we give up the fight, some people say surrender to that truth, then we become wise. And as our wisdom grows, we have the opportunity to become divinely wise. And in that divine wisdom, we disappear. And then we become an aid and an assistance to humanity, as opposed to a hindrance to humanity. We must all strive for this. This is the reason that the prophets came. This is the reason that the Ketubs came. This is the reason that the saints exist as examples for us to understand the truth of our existence. We all know we disappear. But the question is, what is it that we are? And when the time comes for this body to be shed, what's going to be left? We can take with us the mercy we give away. We can take with us the compassion and the love we give away. We can't take anything else with us. So, if we want to be among those who bypass judgment because we've already judged ourselves and cleansed ourselves of all of that which is not worthy of Allah, we must begin to examine our existence, examine it carefully, and conclude what needs to be kept and what needs to be let go. And we need to move forward on this path towards our Creator. It's all open for us. It's not hidden. It's just a matter of wanting to do it and wanting to become it. To do that, we have to be willing to give up the world. And if we're not willing to give up the world, if we're not willing to give up fame, if we're not willing to give up wealth, if we're not willing to give up power, then we're not capable of entering God's kingdom. It's not much more complicated than that. But somehow, 
We have to find the key to ourselves to unlock our anger and be rid of it, to unlock our arrogance and be rid of it, to unlock our needs and desires and be rid of them. And as we get rid of them, there's a great treasure that will come in its place. And we need to want that treasure. May it be easy for each of us. Amin. Amin. Ya Rabbi Lalamin. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.